Welcome, everyone, to Sources, a podcast on history and culture from Kena Academy. I'm Andrew Zorneman, your host. In this episode, Kena Academy's Joseph Wood interviews the renowned French scholar Pierre Manon. Professor Manon is one of France's leading political philosophers. In fact, he's one of the leading contemporary political thinkers in the Western world. Joe was in Paris recently and had the wonderful opportunity to record a conversation with Professor Manon. This is our network's first international podcast. I hope you enjoy it. All right, I'm visiting with uh, Professor Pierre Manon in Paris and wanted to ask a few questions. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming. Uh, As we've discussed in your books, you say that you made a conscious decision to work from a classical perspective, an ancient perspective, with regard to nature and man. Why was that? What in your education led you to that conscious adoption of the classical worldview? It's a long story, so I need to make it short. Uh, I was born, uh, which will strike Americans uh, like us, somewhat bizarre, but I was born in a communist family. And so I was uh, taken by political uh, passion and uh, political ideology. And uh, communism uh, appeared at some point to me as a, uh, a kind of absurd uh, revolt against nature, if you want. I did not put it this way at the time, perhaps, but so I have to find uh, my bearings after having lost uh, my faith in uh, communism. It was when I was uh, 18 uh, 18 years old. Uh, So, uh, it was at this time that I uh, was uh, instructed by my uh, teacher of philosophy, instructed in, to put it in a nutshell, in Thomism. That is, in the main tradition mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Catholic uh, doctrine and Christian thinking. And it was this, uh, and of course it was not, it was just the beginning of the, of the, of the journey. Uh, after that, after that, uh, one of the main uh, influences on my on my uh, efforts was uh, Leo Strauss' uh, work, who uh, once said that he, he was asked the question you just asked me, mm-hmm. and he was asked why he he thought he was for the ancients and against the moderns, and he said, "Well, the reason is very simple." they make much more sense to me. And I would say that uh, when you have spent time reading Hobbes, Locke, Rousseau, and then you read, or at the same time you read uh, uh, Aristotle, Mm -hmm. mainly Aristotle, and of course, in my opinion, Aristotle makes much more sense because uh, he's much more direct in the understanding of the basic phenomena of human life. You've discussed the importance of uh, a careful education in language. 
the right syntax, the right article, the well-chosen word, clarity of expression. Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of that education in language and what we lose if we don't have that education in language? The, the language in all modern, all modern languages have been invaded by very abstract concepts. Uh, already Tocqueville say that democratic languages were full of abstract ideas which were very, very uh, extensive but uh, with very little concrete meaning. And so we have to make, uh, add, uh, you, you should add that not only our language is very abstract but also is a mathematical language uh, numbers, economic numbers, sociologic uh, numbers come to occupy our minds. So our uh, thinking is uh, invited, occupied by abstract notions, numbers and numbers who mean finally, eventually nothing. And so you have to make a concerted effort, a deliberate effort to recover an understanding of the moral basic phenomenon and to recover this basic understanding of phenomenon, you have to make a very delicate use of natural language. Uh, the, the, uh, of course, the language of philosophy or theology cannot be simply the same language as everyday language. But if it severs all relation relationship uh, to uh, natural language, it tends to lose meaning. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we have to recover this very, uh, uh, at the same time, clear, precise, and beautiful language which the tradition of our different literatures have produced in, in the West. And we, we uh, as I told my students, our present day language is occupied with the word valor, values. Mm -hmm. that you, cannot, you cannot listen to a, to a political uh, writer who does not at some point speak of his values. Mm -hmm. And I told my students, well, Just think of it. Listen to these political people. You will notice that in the talk it doesn't mean anything. Try to replace this word value by a concrete word mm -hmm. of your own experience. And you will see that he uses, he uses it as a stopgap, but it has no real meaning. And so he said that to be to be noble, you know, because he has values. Yeah. But, so you have to recover the, what I say, the grammar of human action. Um, your project, your largest project in all of your scholarship over the years is to know what's true, and especially what is true and proper to man, the yeah. science of man, as you put it, that's been lost in, in modern philosophy. What elements of education those are questions that everyone should be interested in, everyone is interested in. What elements of education are, are most helpful 
in beginning to uh, think about this science of man, of what's true? It's a very difficult question to answer. Uh, I remember what Pascal said. Uh, you know he was a great scientist. And in a famous letter to Fermat, who was a famous mathematician, um, we still known for a Fermat's theorem, you know, mm-hmm. still today. And he told, he told uh, uh, Fermat, Pascal told Fermat, in, in the 17th century, you know, uh, when I, when I uh, was young, I, I did mathematics, uh, and I, I had some contempt for people who did not understand what I, what I did. And by growing a bit more mature, I understood that uh, I, I lost my time <laughs> doing these mm-hmm. difficult sciences because, in fact, it, it's difficult, but it has no human meaning. And, and so uh, I, I lost my, in some sense, uh, my quotation is not exact, but the meaning is this, I, I, I forgot my humanity more by being uh, competent in mathematics mm-hmm. more than the, the poor guys with no knowledge of mathematics. Uh-huh. You know? And so uh, there is some, something which is uh, knowledge of man. But, of course, knowledge of man cannot be understood like a, um, an extension of knowledge of nature. Mm-hmm. So there is a specificity to the knowledge of man that is to self-knowledge. And the great task of, of human life is self-knowledge. And of course, you have two great traditions of self-knowledge, the Socratic tradition and the religious tradition, specifically the Christian tradition, of course, with some overlapping and contest between, between them. So I think that is... That is uh, the main end of human life, and it's a very, it's a very um, consoling, I would say, thought because uh, I think that you can always make progress in this direction, whatever your ailments, whatever your age, perhaps you can uh, improve yourself, yourself, yourself knowledge. How do you? Do you produce these mm-hmm. good results? I, I I really can answer this question. I suppose that you need to to meet people who make you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. Of course, Socrates was a great artist in his heart, uh, and Jesus too, <laughs> in another way. Mm-hmm. But of course, you don't every day meet Socrates or Jesus, but <laughs> each one of us for, the, for his friends or his family can try to, to be this kind of help. Uh-huh. And uh, last question. Uh, you've studied the distinction between the ancient and the modern, the modern difference enormously. One of the things that you've written is that uh, we've lost in the modern world, in the modern thinking, something of a heterogeneity, a diversity of human action and human behavior that the ancients had. Can you talk a little more about what that is, what that heterogeneity means that we need to recover? 
I will put things the other way. We, we are all under the power of a very strange, new and powerful institution or instrument which is the modern state. Mm -hmm. And the modern state is incredible, effic efficient instrument to homogenize, to homogenize <laughs> human life because it, 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 it puts people on the same plane, uh, equal rights, and he uh, institutes a common medium of, of life. And the different uh, orientations of, of people, their different activities, their different ends, are all subordinated to this common condition to be uh, autonomous, equal individuals. In previous human organizations, you had to make live together the soldiers, the priests, the aristocrats, the peasants, the artisans, and without this uh, overpowering uh -huh. uh, uh, common state. And so it was much more difficult to achieve peace, and you, have, you had to take into account the different uh, ends and perspectives and virtues and vices of the different constituents of the body politic. And so, of course, the, the, the state has uh, improved the peace, the external order of society. And at the same time, he has left uh, without sufficient uh, interest, culture, education, the different uh, uh, orientations of life. Uh, and uh, so people now meet each other as similar beings. They happen to, some of them are believers, other atheists, other agnostics, some of them are uh, doctors, uh, scientists, but mainly they are all equal members of the same the same uh, uh, common element which is society and so what comes uh, first is this strange uh, this strange uh, uh, element uh, which is uh, generally human uh, where people recognize their own common humanity but uh, we tend to lose sight of what, for each of us, each group of us, is important. That is our specific virtues and ends or finalities mm -hmm. and objectives. And so, uh, uh, with the, the external order is improved, but the internal uh, order of the soul uh, risks being uh, all over out. I would say. Professor Manol, thank you very much for your time. S thank you for your question and your visit to Paris. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Sources. I hope you enjoyed the interview and we'll keep the conversation going. 
We have more great episodes coming up soon, so please join me again and bring your friends and family. I'm Andrew Zwerneman. For everyone at Kena Academy, we look forward to meeting you again on Sources. Sources.